Praise the Lord, everybody. We thank God and our pastor for this opportunity today. In Jesus' name, amen. To be able to enjoy the word of God uh, with each and every one of you. And today I'm going to invite you to open up your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. For the honor and the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. They asked me what is the title. Um, and the Lord had already previously put this in my heart to entitle it as Heavenly Wisdom. Amen. Heavenly Wisdom. We're going to explain the differences why we're titling it in this way after we read uh, verses 1 through 4 in Jesus' name. If you have it, you can say amen. Amen. This is what King uh, Solomon wrote. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. To perceive the words of understanding. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. To give sub subtlety or sub make them subtle, right? Sub subtlety, I'm sorry, you're going to have to help me with that word. To the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. Amen? So let us pray unto the Lord that he be the one to speak to us today in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, because you are good, Lord, and because your word is perfect. And one more time, Lord, I acknowledge you, Lord, that it is you who has what we need in our lives. It is you, Lord, with the perfect word, with a very powerful word for us. God, in Jesus' name, I place myself in your hands so that you will be the one to speak to us. I am just a vessel. I am just like a microphone, God. Speak to each and every one of us that is here. As I witness, Lord, I've seen it. I've experienced it. When you speak to the church through the messenger, you also speak to the messenger. And we thank you, God, in Jesus' name for this blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Amen. So as we opened up, we titled this Heavenly Wisdom. And we can see in Proverbs chapter 1, um, that King Solomon, uh, he identifies himself, the Proverbs of Solomon. Proverbs is, is a saying, is a, you know, a compilation of words that are put in a specific order or an attempt to convey a teaching uh, with yet it seems like if it's hidden, the teaching or the meaning of it. And he identifies himself the son of David, king of Israel. And if you know anything about uh, King Solomon, maybe one of the things that stands out about him is his, his mental state when he is uh, now king of Israel. And one of his biggest concerns when he speaks to God is, how am I going to judge Israel? How am I going to be king? I'm just a young man. I don't have wisdom. I don't have understanding. God had appeared to him and had said to him, ask me for whatever you want. He asked them, you know, or offered. Uh, one of them was just simply, you know, want uh, riches or uh, what is it that you want? King Solomon said, I'm just so young. I, I, I have to judge the people of Israel. I have to be a king. What I want is wisdom. That's what I want. And God was pleased because of what the desire was of King Solomon. And because of his simple and very wise request, the Lord gave him not just wisdom, but he also gave him peace and many riches. Amen. So we're going to identify or um, define really what these words are that maybe we hear a lot, a lot of the times, and they're, 
uh, interchange in conversations or the way people use them. They, they use synonymous meanings for some of, them, some of them. So we're gonna start off with the word of knowledge. What is knowledge? Not the word of knowledge, which is a, a gift on the Holy Ghost, but just a simple word, knowledge. And knowledge really is the acquaintance of facts, truths, or principles. It's, it's data, it's information. It's things that you come across, or um, I'm gonna give you an example. If we talk about colors, I am, I am sure that many of you will name the basic colors and that you'll even uh, have a little bit, some of you that maybe are into decor, will talk about different colors that maybe I'm not aware of. But those are facts that you have learned. Uh, you have heard a pronunciation of, say, red, and somebody has pointed to it, and you have visually seen the color red, and you mentally begin to compile that data. And we're going to go back to the uh, traffic lights or, or colors in a little bit. So once again, knowledge is your acquaintance with facts, with information, with data. Then we have the word understanding. And understanding really is the mental process of a person who comprehends. It really means comprehension or a personal interpretation. When you and I were in school, maybe in elementary, and I know my brother right now is in elementary, uh, one of the things that I remember is that we were assigned reading tasks, and we would read one paragraph or two paragraphs, but then there was the comprehension questions. And what they attempted to do was, did you understand what you read? Did you pick up the facts? Can you go back and retrieve some of that information? Are you able to perceive uh, what data is there and what that data really means. In other words, are you understanding this? So understanding is to be able to mentally have this ability to process, right, what this data really means, what it really means. Okay. Then we're going to go to, uh, I'm going to throw in intelligence. And intel we hear the, the saying, that person is very intelligent. That lady or that young man, that little girl is very intelligent. And what that means is that they have an ability, it's a capacity for learning, reasoning, understanding. It's a mental ability and of similar, uh, let's just say of similar forms of mental activity or ability to grasp. That, that person is very intelligent. They have an ability to um, take that data, to retain that data, and to uh, be able to learn, to be able to process things. That's somebody that's intelligent, uh, maybe has a little bit more of that kind of ability, will learn something quicker than others. That's a very normal thing. That's very normal. There, there are very intelligent people that they can just see something and, and learn it or understand, you know. My experience has been that somebody that, that is a, a, maybe in a profession like mechanical engineers, um, we have, you know, our, our brother's brother is, a, is an engineer, a mechanical engineer, and our brother's an engineer. So they have to learn about principles, about uh, pressures and, and numbers and, and theories and, and, you know, call back a whole bunch of data yeah, to be able to compile it. And we're going to get to wisdom in a little bit. But again, the capacity of being able to learn and to reason and understand and work with these things is, is intelligence. I'm sure that some of you have experienced, you guys, you guys are maybe not too young, but some of you may have heard back in the old days where there was logos, 
or logo. It was a language that, app, uh, that Apple was using at one time. They used to use, in reality, there was four turtles. Uh, they were, three of them were hidden, but you had that one turtle that you could type in commands, move forward, pin up, pin down, and you could put all these commands and then kind of make a sequence and you could actually make this item or this uh, turtle actually change shapes. So what I realized is that sometimes uh, I've seen people where they start to think of something and they work as a group or as an individual. And by the time they get to a product, they've already designed it and reinvented it and redone it over and over again. And so their mental ability exceeds their physical writings. Just say, for example, if you're a good writer. I know it sounds kind of weird what I'm talking about. All these things have a point. I'm trying to lay a foundation here. A writer is a person... You know, a, a person that normally writes, or you know, you and I have had to do writing assignments. Have you ever experienced that by the time you're putting your thoughts together, and by the time it's time to write it down, you've already changed the words because you've already mentally processed it. And so your intelligence has given you the ability to choose a better word and put it in. Now that's now a form of wisdom. Wisdom is when you can take all these things that you know about, that you understand, and that you can recall that, that now you know how to use them. That's wisdom. Okay? And I'm going to read what I wrote down as a definition. It's a quality of state of being wise or knowledge of what is true or right. An understanding or knowledge, true and right, coupled or joined together with just judgments. It's your ability to come to a conclusion or form a conclusion with the information that you have. To, and then you make a decision to take action. Or discernment. Discernment is ability to tell the difference between uh, certain things. So now we're going to use a very simple example. How many of you know what the color red looks like? Okay. Yellow. Green. Right? Those are three, three colors, all right, that we're going to choose. Now you're driving down the street. Those of you that are driving, maybe my brother has, know, has known this. What does somebody do when they see that the light is red? They are supposed to stop. Well, we know that data, to, the data we have, we know it's red. And we know that we've learned that when you see a red light, it means stop. You understand that you are supposed to stop because if you do not, there is cross traffic. They may be in the intersection or enter the intersection as you're in there, and they're going to hit your car. You're going to be involved in an accident. So then you know what you are supposed to do. Stay and wait for it to turn from red to what? to green. But when you see that it turns to green, some people automatically react and they stomp on the gas and they go into the intersection very quickly because they know that red, uh, that green means go. And they say, I have the right of way. I have a green light. I understand that I can go in and go through the intersection. But a person that is wise will not immediately travel into the intersection. They will wait. And somebody sitting next to them that is maybe impatient will say, why are you waiting? Can't you see that the light is green? And that person with wisdom will say, not everybody will stop for a red light that they have on that side. They've seen it. Where they start to go into an intersection and a vehicle, a driver passes a red light. So wisdom, they know, will, will give them that ability to understand that just because it's green, it doesn't mean it's clear to go. It should theoretically be clear. But every day people crash, and they crash because people make mistakes. Amen? Now, we've just discussed these 
definitions. And I want you to understand too that wisdom is, 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 there are, there are two different kinds of wisdom. If you go to downtown LA, you are going to see buildings that are very tall. Somebody was intelligent enough. They understood the principles of engineering and architect, and they were able to put uh, an idea in their mind together, something that didn't exist. And they stand there. Maybe they were standing there looking up. And what are you looking at? I'm seeing at, at one of the tallest buildings in L.A. There's nothing there. It's just an empty lot. But in their mind, they had a vision. We talked about vision not too long ago. They had a vision. This is what we're going to make. Then they had, the, the, they had a mission. I'm going to build this. And they had a vision of how they were going to do it. So the vision of, they were able to mentally see it and the vision of, I, I am going to do it from plan A to B to C to D and all these phases and it's going to be built. Human beings have natural wisdom. It is an ability that they have because God has given them the ability to learn, to comprehend, to put ideas together and to build things. And when people get together and we discuss this too, we mentioned this in a, in a retreat, Human beings got together and they said, we're going to build a tower, a very tall tower. And everywhere we go, we are going to be able to see that tower because that's going to be like a memorial for us. It's going to be our achievement. And, and man was very vain. He had a lot of glory, a lot of vanity. And God comes down to earth and he sees this and he says, these men have put this, like, this idea in, in, in their goal and they will achieve it. They will achieve it. That's what God says. He, he sees that in, in humanity. What he allowed us to do is to come together as a team and be able to accomplish something that seems impossible. So what the Lord did in order to help humanity is that he confounded their languages. He confused them. He gave them all different languages. So now he disrupted their ability to communicate with one another. So one was speaking one language and the other one wouldn't understand that language. And so they all became very frustrated. And so he divided their vision and their, their mission by confounding them. So humanity went their own different ways. That's what the Bible tells us. So I'm going to take you to James chapter 3. Here the Bible tells us, and we're going to prove it biblically, that man does have wisdom. He does. Uh, you have a lot of people out there that are very money savvy. They have a lot of wisdom. They know how to manage their money. Amen. And, and they have, uh, you know, proof. They have all these assets, all these things that they have. But they lack something, right? They, they, they lack something that only God's people have. And we're going to get to that. In James chapter 3, verse 13, 14, and 15. And we, apo we apologize to multimedia because sometimes we give them all the verses and um, we appreciate them. But the Bible says this, the writer James, he says, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you or that has knowledge who understands or is uh, blessed with this understanding among you? Let him show out a good conversation, conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. In other words, let him demonstrate through his conduct and his works in very wise wisdom, uh, meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envies, if you're envious and you're bitter with it, and you strive or you argue or you have contentions in your, in your hearts, glory not. Do not glory in that and lie not against the truth. And he says this, because those that are very intelligent, that are very wise, 
but have a little bit of a darkened heart will use the information, the data, their knowledge, even your knowledge, to try and use it against you. Did the devil know the Bible? Yes or no. When Jesus is tempted in the desert for 40 days, the Bible says that he became hungry. He was hungry. And the devil approaches him and he says, well, if you really are the son of man or the son of God, if you really are, he's challenging him, trying to, to trick him into using his power for his own personal human need. If you really are the son of God, why don't you say to these stones or convert or turn these stones into bread? Well, Jesus Christ knew who he was and he knew he didn't have to prove anything. And he understood and he realized that this was a trick of the devil. See, do what I tell you, Jesus. It's not very clear there, but when you're looking at this, he's trying to manipulate him into doing what the devil wants to abuse his power. And Jesus Christ very wisely responds, man, First of all, he says, you shall, uh, he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Jesus Christ goes to the word, uses the word to counter that attack from the devil. That's wisdom. That's godly wisdom. But the devil uses this, now we're going to say evil or worldly wisdom, and he tries to tempt them more times after that. But the Bible is saying this wisdom... This kind of sneaky ability that people have to try and contend and to lie against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above. It does not come from heaven. It does not come from God. But it is earthly, sensual, and devilish. That's what the Bible says. So we know that there is a human wisdom. We know that there is a worldly wisdom. And this wisdom is not of God. It is not for God's honor and glory, but it is because of man's evilness in his heart. It is because it's earthly, it's sensual, it says, and it's devilish. In Spanish it says it is earthly, it is animalistic and diabolical. Very interesting what the Bible says, amen? So it's telling you, hey, yes, there are people that are very wise with all different kinds of areas in people's lives. They are very, and it's not a sin to be rich. That's not a sin. But there are people that are rich because they have human wisdom and also because they have godly wisdom. Now, human wisdom is not necessarily evil, but it can be used for evil. It is not a sin to become very wise in how to build something. The danger is when you use that ability, that wisdom to engage in evil actions. But there is a godly wisdom, a godly ability to take information. Very practical people. There are very practical people that are not university educated, that are that don't have a lot of um, a lot of data, but they have a very practical mindset. They have wisdom, and especially when it comes from God, it is it is a a, a great uh, a blessing. Now. We're going to, I'm just going to mention some of you probably remember reading these kind of things. Human wisdom has allowed people to create great literal, literal works. I'm sure you're going to have better literal, literal examples. But the great Gatsby of mice and men, 
And even the Constitution of the United States declared as, when I was a kid, I remember I, I was in school, they said, it is one of the most fascinating documents because it is a document compiled of such uh, very few pages or, or not too much uh, writing and it is used to be able to govern an entire country and a people. They say the Constitution of the United States was very, very, very effective. At least uh, we know that there was one Constitution, then there was a Constitutional Convention, and when they all got together, they threw it out. And then the teacher asked, he says, do you know why ever since then they do not have any more Constitutional Conventions? And there was, uh, there was a young man, he's a very good friend of mine, and he's related to some of the members here at our church. He answered it. He said, because then they're afraid that every time they have a constitutional convention, they might throw the existing constitution out the door or out the window. And the teacher said, very good. He was actually one of the, one of the brightest uh, kids in our, in our class. And um, a political science professor actually uh, recognized that ability in, in this young man. But we see that there is, once again, earthly wisdom. Earthly wisdom. Great literal, literal works have been done because of great wisdom. Great buildings have been built. Great things have been done, but it is not necessarily because of God-given wisdom. Now we're going to talk a little bit about godly wisdom. And I'm going to give you an example. Do you remember the story of Solomon? Many of you that have been raised in the church or have been in the church long enough remember one of the most outstanding stories of Solomon. Solomon, he was now reigning as a king, and they would bring the very difficult cases to Solomon, which was the, the custom back in the days. And there was a case that was brought before Solomon, and the case had to do with two women that were prostitutes. And these two women each had become a mother. And where they were at, they did not come out of that dwelling place because they were pregnant, and so therefore nobody saw, or whatever the reason was, they didn't come out. Nobody saw their sons when they were born. So they did not know which son belonged to which mother. During the night, the Bible says that one of the mothers um, in, in, in accidentally or out of experience, uh, lack of experience, she accidentally like rolled over and suffocated her son and the son had passed away a very sad story but then what she did and she employs some very evil wisdom here is that she becomes very sneaky as she sees that her child is dead she sees the other child and swaps them switches them without telling the other mother she then has the other mother's living child when, they, when the morning time comes about, the other mother, who was now robbed of her child, awakens and sees the dead boy and begins to weep uncontrollably without consolation, without comfort. But when there's more daylight, she gets to see the child. And every mom here, all the moms say amen. I think the moms are able to, I know I can say as vouch as a dad, I memorized my first daughter's face as soon as she was born because I was terrified of the story, Pastor, that sometimes children get switched at hospitals. Some of you probably ever thought, was I ever switched? Maybe I was switched. That would explain a lot of things. But 
I was afraid of that. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing that you're saying it. But there have been stories when children were switched accidentally or on purpose. So now we have one of the first cases. And the mom sees the little boy and says, this is not my son. And she sees the other living boy and says, that's my son. But the other mother who had killed her son says, no, it's my son. Now it's a she said, she said kind of a situation. Nobody was there to support. Nobody was a witness there. Nobody else was present, of course, only God. Now the Bible says that they come before the king and they say, king, this is the situation. And the king finds out and he's hearing their case. It's king. Uh, the next morning I woke up and I found out that she really took my child and, 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 and the dead child, he's not mine, it's hers. And the other woman was very convincing. They were both very convincing and nobody knew what to do. So the king says, bring me a sword. God gives Solomon wisdom, bring me a sword. And they knew to fear the king and the king says, bring the living boy here, place him here. I am going to put an end to this and I am going to cut this little boy in half. And I am going to give you one half and I'm going to give you the other half. One woman said, go ahead. She was waiting for it to be done. While the other woman screamed out and said, no, 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 king. No, no, don't do it, king. Don't do it. Let her have the boy. Let her have the little boy. And the king said, okay. Take that living boy and give it to this mother because she is the real mother. The other one had lied. How did the king know this? Well, because the king had a wisdom and an understanding. Amen. And he said, a real mother is willing to give up the life of their child in order to see that child progress and continue living. A real mother, amen, when she needs to, will literally throw herself in the path of a vehicle to save her child. Will summon the strength or come up with the strength to pick up a vehicle and free their child. Will have the strength, and you, you ever seen a mama bear protecting her cubs? Fighting against a bigger male bear? Because she knows that the other male bear will go and kill the cubs. Because they see them as those that invade a territory. So the mama bear, even though she's smaller, will, will, will come up with the strength and the bravery and will roar louder, will slap harder, will just create a splash, will do whatever she can to discourage that male bear from killing her cubs. So the king knew this mother that said, give the child to the other, she's the real mother. She's got the mother of a heart. Now, not the heart of a mother. Now, the other one, he knew she was definitely a mother. But she had malice in her heart. And God had given him this wisdom, this ability. And so he had an understanding of how things are supposed to be or how they work. Now, if you are, are like in my situation where I said one day, God, I need to really understand the word of God. I need to really, all you have to do is ask God for it. That's all you have to do. There's no special trick now. One of the things is you got to ask God for it, but then you got you to follow through on it. One, you got to believe it. And two, you got to go ahead and do whatever you can to allow God to give you that knowledge and that understanding. Now I'm going to take you to James chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. It says this. It's very, 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 very important. 
Amen. It says, if any of you, I'm going to read it up here. If any of you lack wisdom, if you don't have enough wisdom or if you need wisdom, let this person ask of God. Ask God for that wisdom because he gives it to all men. And when he says men, it means women as well. It means humanity liberally. He's very generous with his wisdom and upbraideth not. In other words, he doesn't throw it at you again in your face and say, I gave you wisdom. He doesn't do that. He is willing that if you ask for wisdom, he is willing to give it to you without any reproach and it shall be given to him. Amen? The next verse says this, verse 6, but let him ask in faith. Faith is that that assurance, that 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 100% trust that you are going to receive, that which you want to be done will be done. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, yes or no, and I think he may, and then, you know, oh, he's not going to, but maybe God will, but in case he doesn't, no, no, you got to believe that he's going to do it. And when you believe, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven by the wind and tossed, it has no foundation. In verse number seven, for let let not that man think that the, that he shall receive anything of the Lord. You're not going to receive it. If you ask God for wisdom, this is very important. This is very important. If you ask God for wisdom, you have to believe that he will give it to you. Don't doubt it. Believe it. And the Lord will give it to you because the Lord, one of the things he doesn't like is when we're like double-minded. It's okay to be bilingual. Amen. But not of two different mindsets where I believe God and I kind of don't believe God. You can't do that. Yes, our faith goes up and down. But you got to ask God for a strong faith and to ask, ask him to help you grow. Now, we're going to continue on with this because it's very, very important. Somebody asked, well, what do we do in order to stay saved? I came up with only one word. Obedience. Obedience. Do what the Lord instructs you to do in order to stay saved that's what it comes down to the problem is that now we need the knowledge but what is it that he wants me to do and the answer is it's in the good book it's in the word of God and this is where it requires our part to go in there and read it and research and ask for counsel and ask the Lord for clarity and understanding so that we can live a blessed life in a saved life. A lot of our sins are committed at times because out of our own ignorance. Because we don't know any better. Because somebody hasn't drawn near to us and said, Look, don't do that. That's not, that's not pleasing unto the Lord. And it's very concerning because as God's people, we need to be informed. The Bible says, my people lack because of lack of, uh, my people perish for lack of some versions say vision. Some versions say because of knowledge. And when there is no knowledge, there's just a, a, a loss of control. There's a chaos. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where there's a lot of chaos. You can't think. You're, you're looking all around. And it's like, this is chaos. This is so disorderly. Whatever the event was or whatever the situation was, um, we went to Costco. It was chaos. <laughs> it's like you get into it's like a, a turnabout. You know, I just kind of laughing yesterday when I was thinking about it. It's like a turnabout and a turnabout, uh, not a turn, yeah, um, I, I just know in Spanish they call it glorietas, but I think they're turnabouts. This is where the traffic, there's no stop signs. 
All the traffic goes in and goes around in circles, around in circles until you get an opportunity, then you exit. If you want to go from this street to this street, you go in through the turnabout. If there's an opportunity, you go on out. Otherwise, you have to keep on staying in until somebody gives you an opportunity, you come on out. And they're more popular in Europe versus the United States, from supposedly from what I heard. And uh, I was at Costco and I was looking for a turnabout because it's like if you stop with your shopping cart at Costco, it's like stopping on the freeway. Somebody might hit you. Somebody might crash into you. That is just, it was super crowded. So, you know, I decided to just kind of go and you hide. You have to kind of hide your cart. If you're not careful, somebody will take it away because they think it's abandoned or something. Either way, you need to, um, it's chaos, right? Not talking, I'm not talking bad about Costco, uh, but it's just the, 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 the situation. Um, if you want some real chaos, I can tell you some other stories, but I'm not going to. Um, but it's, it's, it's disorder, that's how God's people are if there is no knowledge. Psalms 119. I know they didn't have this. Psalms 119, verse 9. Young people. Young people and older people, right? Psalms 119, verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? How? Where, wherewithal with what? And the Bible says by taking heed. In other words, listening thereto. According to thy word. If you want to cleanse your path. If you want to walk right. Then you need to take heed. Listen to the word of God. And the word of God is going to make you wise. It's going to make you wise. Try it one day. Lord, how many of you have ever heard people say, I don't like reading the Bible because it just seems so confusing. You ever experienced that? Because I experienced it as a little boy, as a younger man. It's just so much. They told me, read Proverbs very slowly. Somebody said, I prefer to read the entire Psalms on a Saturday than Proverbs, because that was their custom. Their, their mom would say, son, Proverbs or Psalms? All Saturday. Which one are you going to read? And he would do it every Saturday. He had to pick a book. He says, mom, I will read Psalms. Because even though it's 150 Psalms, it's much easier to read than 31 Proverbs. I didn't get it, but that's what he said. It's just so difficult reading Proverbs, understanding it. But that being the situation, this is what we need. Listen to the word of God. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Um, when pastor opened up, the, you know, opened up the Bible for us in Colossians chapter 1, there's a Bible verse right there just that stood out. And I'm going to take you to it. That's why they didn't have it. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not stop or cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with what? The knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Not earthly, not carnal, not human, but spiritual wisdom and understanding. We need God's people to have this spiritual understanding and wisdom. And it is not going to be found on a supermarket aisle shelf. You're not going to find it in a little aspirin bottle, a, a type of, 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 of uh, uh, some sort of a remedy. You're not going to find it. It is found only in God and in his word. I know that maybe we're not going to make you run and shout and 
jump around and all that. But this will allow you to grow and to mature spiritually in your lives. And it's going to make you wise men and women of God. I'm going to take you back to Proverbs. As we've already discussed, the differences between human wisdom, godly wisdom, and we define the words. We go back to Proverbs. A lot of young people, oh, I was going to go ahead and tell you this. A lot of people, when they say, I read the Bible and I don't understand it. Honestly, all you have to do is ask God for understanding. Of course, you need to read. You need to practice it. But I remember when I was a little boy and, and it, was, it was, there came the day when it was going to be the church service, uh, children's service. And it was very scary. Ever since I was little, it was very scary. And they actually, uh, the Lord put me in the path of preaching kind of in my mind, it seemed like an accident, right? I remember I was in first grade, I was six years old. We had our very first, uh, uh, we call them in Spanish, culto infantil, uh, which meant just children's service. And it was right here on Paxton Street and uh, by the Five Freeway when the church was there. And we had to do everything. We had to do the opening. We had to do the petitions. Back then, we still did the petitions. We did the altar call. We did uh, the songs. Then we had to do the offering. And the song for the offering, finally, the presentation of the preacher, the preaching, and the altar call. And it was all 100% children. And I thought, you know, I remember some of them, and I said, man, it was like clockwork. They did a really beautiful job, and my job was to preach. And so that's kind of how it got started out. And I started out, and I remember one day, I didn't like it, but my dad said, you got to go study the word because you got to preach. So I told my dad, well, I have a hard time understanding. I was a little bit older. And he said, well, you got to ask God for understanding. And I prayed. And I had never experienced the word of God like I did that day. It was a new day. It was, a, it was an experience. In, and I could see Jesus getting on the boat with his followers as they crossed the sea over to the land of gathering. And that man that was demon possessed was there. And he acknowledged who Jesus. I saw it all as if it was clear as day. And, it, and God proved to me. Yes, I will help you understand. I will make it clear for you. And he will give you the best grades because he'll give you understanding and wisdom. It makes sense. God did it. And God does it all the time. So we're going to go back to Proverbs. Look at what the Bible says here. This is nothing new. What's happening now has been happening since then. We're going to go back to this. Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, verse 1, verse 2. To know wisdom and instruction. To perceive, because we're already going to finish right now. To give to receive instruction, wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. We're going to go now, verse 8, verse 9. All of us, my son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not abandon the law of your mother. For they shall be like an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. My son, if the sinners, if the bad people, if the bad students try and trick you or entice you, don't listen to them. Amen? If your friends if from work, they try and tempt you to sin, don't listen to them. If they tell you, come on, let us come with us. Let us lay wait for blood. In other words, let us wait for a victim. Let us look privately for the innocent without blood, without cause. In other words, let's look for somebody to rob, to hurt. Let us swallow them up alive as a grave. I'm going to read it on, on, on right here as a grave and whole as those that go down into the pit the next verse we shall find all precious substance we're gonna we're gonna take their money we're gonna take their jewelry we're gonna take everything they have we're gonna fill our houses with the spoils in other words with everything that we steal from them cast in in other words it's casting your lot am, among us work with us let us have let us share what we take 
We're going we're gonna to split it. Whatever we rob, whatever we steal, whatever we gain, we're going to go ahead and split it among all of us. This is what the Bible says, my son, don't walk in their ways. Don't walk with them. Refrain thy foot. Keep your foot from their path. Look at what the Bible is saying. For their feet, they run to evil, to malice, and make haste to shed blood. Really quickly, they want to hurt somebody and pour out, pour out that innocent blood. Surely in vain, the net is spread in the sight of any bird. Now, if you know anything about little birds, if you ever want to catch a bird or, or a certain animal, they, if they see that you're putting a net or a trap, they will not go to it. That's why people make uh, camouflages and they hide when they're doing duck hunting. Because if the ducks are flying and they see a human that looks like they have a weapon because they gain knowledge and understanding, there's somebody with a rifle. And we know, we've seen, we've lost a couple of us on this trip. Watch out. They fly a different way. They hide. So what people have to do is they have to hide or do a trap. But human beings are different. Human beings can see the danger. And at least the birds say stay away, but human beings don't. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. And they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privately for their own lives. Those people that are going to victimize somebody else that practice crime. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain. They want to make good money really quick. Which take away the life of owners thereof. And they murder others. They steal from them. They have evil gains. That is not blessed money. That is cursed money taken from innocent people. Wisdom crieth. That's the last verse we're going to read. Verse, wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the street. So foolishness takes people to commit these kind of things, crimes. They're all going to die. Uh, one, one of the things that we have learned that um, when people don't walk in Christ, um, evil surrounds them. Those that practice violence later become victims. They say in gang violence, you'll either end up in, de in dead or in jail. Maybe if you're lucky in a wheelchair. I've seen it where people end up hurt. If you'll stand to your feet, I'm just going to encourage you right now to ask God for godly wisdom. Godly wisdom. Wisdom is going to help you avoid much heartache. Godly wisdom is going to help you please God. Godly wisdom is, is going to help you avoid much suffering. Wisdom from God. Does this make sense? Brother Villegas, I'm not sure. This, it, 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 be, like, be like Jesus says to Peter, what I, what I do now, you don't understand it, but you will later. It takes time to process this. But if you want wisdom from God, all you have to do is ask him for it. And you will be a blessed person. You will be a very blessed person. People will look at you and say, I wish I was like you. I wish my children were like yours. How did you have this ability to parent your children? God gave me wisdom. To him be all the honor and all the glory. Would you like to seek the presence of God and ask him for wisdom? You know how you can become wise? Fill yourself with the spirit of God. Ask him, fill me, Lord, with your spirit. Fill me with your word and read the word. Eat this on a daily basis. It's going to change your life. It's going to change your heart. I'm going to give this place over to our pastor. 
Amen. So that he will continue ministering. God bless. Man. You won't get this in the university. I'm serious. I'm serious. It has to come from God. And that's come. I was hearing him meditating as co-pastor was preaching. There's got to be a search. Go back to Proverbs chapter 2. And you search it as treasures. You got to search for it. Thank God for the word. Amen. Thank you, co-pastor. Amen. The knowledge that we can only get comes from God. The wisdom that he gives us and imparts to us through the word of God. You know. You want to live a full life? You know, I, I attribute Brother Villegas Yesterday, we celebrated my dad's 90th birthday. And, you know, he spends something now about three hours a day reading the Word of God. Three hours a day. He doesn't have time for dementia. You know, he, he doesn't have tire, he doesn't have time for, for sickness. His mind is occupied. And then when I get there, he puts a sword right through me. For me to apply. And I, and I just thank God, you know. We got to get a hold of the fountain of knowledge to get wisdom. And apply it. And if you're a dad and a mom, get a hold of it. Because that's the legacy you're going to pass on to your kids. That's the legacy you're going to pass on to your kids. We got to get a hold of it. But we have to hunger for it. We have to thirst for it. Search for it, the wise man said, as treasures. Search for it. As treasures. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We just thank you for this powerful word. You opened our, our understanding today. The importance, God, to seek for this, to search for it, Lord Jesus. Let me live by it, Lord Jesus. Let me apply it to my life. Lord Jesus, let me hunger for it, God. Or in it, it creates not only a life of wisdom, but a life of faith. Because this is the only way that faith comes to us, by hearing your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Let us all come to this altar. Amen. As a praise team prepares to sing, let us go before the Lord.
And let us ask God to give us a hunger for his word. That we may apply wisdom to know more about him. I don't know about you, but let's just open our spirit. For God deals with our spirit to draw closer to him. Heavenly Father, I stand here, Lord Jesus, standing in the need of prayer, Lord, needing to draw closer to you, God. Thank you for the word today, Lord. I just don't want to be religious, but I want to be sensitive, Jesus, how I can live better, how I may apply this to my life on a daily basis, Lord. I want to know you more. I want to get to know you more, Jesus. I want to get to know you more. And the more, Lord, I know you, I know that I'll fall in love with you, Lord. Thank you for the word that we have heard today, God. Yes, thank you for what you have left us to us to live by. Yes, practice in our daily lives. Live by, Lord Jesus. Apply it to our everyday life. Lord Jesus, you want us to prosper in all things. That's what you, your word tells us. Yes, Lord, we ask God that we will love your word. And tomorrow as I have my devotion, Lord, that I'll give my spirit, soul, and body to my devotion. That I will be sensitive as you speak to me, Lord Jesus, through your word. As you talk to me, Lord. To apply, God, your daily bread of life. Because this is a substance by which I live. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hold me a little closer. Take me a little deeper. Say it.
I want to know. sing it with them just say it let it be your prayer today let it be your prayer I want to know your heart. Because your love is so 